Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. How are you? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be talking to you. I want to be right up front and let you know, as I told you last time, I'm going to be very clear about when I record these. I'm not going to always talk about it on the podcast, but as you know, I have different thoughts about the ones that I do in the evening versus the ones I do in the morning. So what I'm going to do as far as my, or to be make good on my commitment to you, the listener, I'm going to put uh, not only the title of the episode and then a voluminous description of it, but in the title I'm going to uh, indicate AM or PM. So I'm going to parenthetically do that. So whatever tonight's uh, episode will be called, we'll have a parenthesis p.m. So I'm recording it at night, all right? Uh, It just worked out that way. I'm a very busy man, man. And, uh, but I have a, I have a morning energy. We'll see how, excuse me, see how long it lasts. But I'm, I'm losing my voice already and about to (laughs) break down and cry. Um, yeah, I don't know where that came from. And it's almost worth me stopping the recording and starting over. But I don't like to do that. Well, you should because it would make it much more professional sounding and it would eliminate the ums and the buts and the ors and the throat clears and all that stuff. Anyway, this is coming out on Tuesday, July 20th. If you're in the city of Atlanta on that day, July 20th, you know there's only one place you should go at night and that is to Limerick Junction Irish Pub in Virginia Highland where we have the world famous, and I do mean that sincerely, I mean it sincerely. Whether anybody else agrees with that sentiment, I mean it very sincerely. The world-famous Limerick Comedy, which has been in existence for more than 10 years and has seen the likes of Donnell Rawlings and Mary Lynn Ricecub and Marvin Hunter and LeVar Walker and Bob Place and Nick Murphy and Cindy Doan and way too many other comics to, to name come ripping through there. Miss Pat, uh, as you know, has been has done it several times this this year since we've been back post COVID. But tonight we have a terrific lineup. This July twenty lineup, you know who's closing out the damn show? It's Landon Lackey, and he will crush as he does every other time. And Landon's act is robust. I never see him not do well. It, it, it robust meaning it works for everybody. Most of, I mean, everywhere I've seen him. He does well. So he's closing out the show. I'm thrilled about that. You know who else is on the lineup? Making their Limerick debut. Noel Appling, a great comic who moved here from Athens, uh, I believe. Amanda Marks, another Athens comic named Kelly Patronus. The return of E. Rolling on Molly. The hilarious Evan Rollins will be on the program. One of my personal favorites. And then another person. They're all favorites, but... These two, I like Landon, but, you know, I like him okay. (laughs) No, I like him just fine. But two of my favorite faces that I always smile very brightly when I see, Evan Rollins, and then he's going to be followed by Tiffany Lil Ma Anderson, as I call her. Nobody else calls her that, and she might, you know, say, hey, stop calling me that. But she's going to be on the show, and then Landon's going to close it out. And uh, rumor has it we're going to get a very, very special celebrity drop-in. So uh, fingers crossed that happens. And if you're in Atlanta, 
come to Limerick. It was great last week. It was packed. We had, like I mentioned, those out-of-town comics, and Lightning Round was gangbusters. So if you ever are looking for something to do on a Tuesday night, it's a free comedy show. And you listen to the podcast. I mean, there will be new people listening to this podcast because you tell them about it, and I will continue to promote it. But if you listen to the podcast regularly, you're like, all right, dude, get to something else. But if you don't, or I don't, I don't know what you think. I'm not going to presume to know what's in your head. Um, but if, this is what I want to say, if you're new to the podcast or you don't know what to do with yourself on a Tuesday night, come over to Limerick Junction. There's a free comedy show. And if I could characterize the environment, it's uh, very surprising that uh, it's inclusive. It's an inclusive environment. I don't know why it's surprising. Because <laughs> it's an Irish bar. That's why. Not always the... What side are you on? Where do you come from? I'm from your mother's belly. Not always the most, uh, the Irish, my people, not always the most. Well, what we do is we mean mug, and then after like a glass of beer and a little whiskey, then everybody's pulling out the photos and crying, showing you their kids and that sort of thing. Which I may or may not have mentioned is how my daughter is. She's kind of standoffish seeming up front. But then after a couple minutes, she's running around and cackling with you. So she's a little bit, you know, she's like a regular in an Irish bar. So come on over. It'll be a good time. And you'll, you'll laugh. That's what you'll do. Uh, I will be there. And then I might be, you never know with the punchline. <laughs> I might be at the punchline featuring this weekend for Liz Mealy. And I might also not. So we'll see what happens. I think... What will, uh, and, and I mean it from a place of deep love, we'll probably find out, you know, Thursday night, 20 minutes before the show starts, if I'll be working the weekend there. <laughs> it sounds ungrateful, um, but it's, it's, it's meant with pure love because uh, the punchline is fantastic. And I was at the punchline actually on, I stopped in, I think I stopped in twice, did I stop in twice this weekend? Maybe. I can't know. I, I couldn't have stopped in twice. I stopped in once. I remember I said I was going to do those. I was doing the tour de brewery last week, the tour de Franzia, as they uh, the college kids called the, the whatever that is, drinking the box wine. I did the two brewery shows over the weekend and then stopped into uh, the punchline on Saturday night to see Nimesh Patel and. Oh my God, what a fucking monster. What a monster. Stop listening to this podcast and go, I mean, don't listen to the rest of this podcast and then go look at everything he has done. He is a beast and he is headed for the Mount, I'm saying this, he is headed for the Mount Olympus of stand-up comics. He's headed for the Mount Rushmore of stand-up comics. It was unreal. I caught the end of the 8 o'clock. I caught like the last 30 minutes of the 8 o'clock. <laughs> 8 o'clock in quotation marks because it started late. So I caught the end of the... On Saturday at the Punchline, they generally do a 6, an 8, and a 10 o'clock show. But I think by the end, they were running like an hour and a half behind. Because now... Nimesh is such a big deal. He has like 450,000 TikTok followers. 
I think he might have sold out every single show. And it was just gangbusters. He is a monster. Just a real one with a capital R, capital O. Says the realest shit. Stands in it. Has courage, confidence, airtight jokes. Has a take, has a perspective. Uh, my gosh, what a, a comics comic. And you know what? A people's comic. Because com- the great thing about comedy, I, 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 for better and worse, not the great thing. For better and worse, comedy is not peer-reviewed, like an like like graduate school or academic journals, you know the whatever the medical magazines are, science and the uh, what what is the famous the New England Journal of Medicine? To get your articles in there, you have to have a bunch of other pinhead doctors. You know, review their re- review your work and see. You know, this is bullshit. I don't like what this guy is saying, or I don't like the way this person looks. Reject, and the article is not going to go in there. Comedy only has peer review in when you hear someone say a comics comic. That's that's peer review. But other than that, if the crowd likes the person, then it doesn't matter what their peers say, and that's that's kind of cool. In a, it's cool in a way. But Nimesh has both. He is a comics comic because comics love him. And if they don't, I don't know what you're what you're looking for. And the he like I said, he sold out six shows or something like that. Just a bloodbath. I obviously I'm I'm as you say, I'm standing him. And also super cool. We uh we were the only two people hanging out in the green room, so I was just bugging the fuck out of him i was hanging out with him and this is how gangster he was he was like bill cosby and not like that he was like bill cosby or bruce springsteen or prince he didn't have a host and he didn't have a feature he sold the fucking place out and just came out and said it's me let's do this and on the late show he did like three hours or something like that that is legend status so he is uh anyway so i was the only comic uh, in the green room, so we just hung out. I'm not going to tell you what we talked about. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, I'm not trying to... It's not like I said I was hanging out with Bill Cosby or... <laughs> well, that would be a different thing. I was saying, I'm not trying to name drop. I'm just saying it ended up... I was the only comic who was in the green room. He didn't have anybody with him from out of town, so we just talked shop for like 45 minutes in between in between the two shows. And it was, to say the least, very, very inspiring. And then he went back out, and I caught. I stayed for the first hour and a half of the late show. I didn't stay until two thirty in the morning. <laughs> but he said they were there until two. Th- he did. He was there until two thirty. Uh, yeah, really, really strong. So, wait till the end of this podcast, and then go check out Nimesh Patel. I just. I also, as as has happened before, maybe if you come from a big family where everybody gets along reasonably well and you're white and you're Italian or you're German or you're, I don't know. It just sounds more fun to be everybody. It sounds more fun to be the outsider <laughs> in this country. What, you know what it is? White people, we're like the, you know, the Yankees. We've, we've been on top for a long time and everybody hates us and, uh, the other teams look like they're having more fun. 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But all of which is saying he does a really nice job presenting what it's like growing up not just Indian in the United States, but in an Indian community in the United States, which will elaborate your understanding, I think, of what it means to be a minority, but growing up not surrounded by the majority, which is kind of a cool perspective. So, great, just murderous, and uh, super cool dude, and very, very about it. There's a reason, there are lots of reasons why he is as good as he is, and uh, its commitment to the craft is probably right at the top of the list. So anyway, that was Saturday night. What happened at the brewery shows, remember I had that revelation where I was like, you know what, these people paid $20 a ticket. It's a lot of money, and then they have to buy beers or cider or whatever it's going to be. I'm going to do a show. I'm going to be professional, and I was intentional. So if I, I don't know what would have happened had I not talked about it here that Thursday night, but I went to the brewery show on Friday and went up in the middle of the show, or no, actually toward the end of the show, and there were two two comics after me, maybe four before me, two comics after me. Everybody was doing eight or... Everybody was supposed to do eight. I know I fucked around it a little longer than that, but I got the sense that everything was okay by then, time-wise. But I just did jokes that I knew were going to work that still make me happy and had a real good time. And it was really fun. actually got a couple... You know what? I tried something new. I tried that... uh, I mentioned how I was going to talk about the last time I was at that brewery. And, ah, fuck, I I meant to ask my wife what happened with us getting home with the baby. Remember I said the car wouldn't start. I went into the bar and we had the baby. And then one of us, she took an Uber, so I must have stayed with the baby and all that. If you didn't listen to the last podcast, please take the gun out of your mouth right now because it really does connect to something that actually happened. I just don't remember what it was that happened, and I forgot to ask my wife. But I mentioned on the last podcast how the last time I was at the brewery, I went in and asked the guy if he had any cables, and he said to the room full of people, can someone jump him off? Can someone jump this guy off? Can they? And I, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, you know, I, I got my kid here. It's a, I appreciate the service. I'll leave a big tip, you know, that kind of thing. And I actually, I said on the podcast that I would start with that. I would just try that because I I think it's pretty funny. And I just did. And it worked. And, you know, I I riffed a couple little lines out of it on the way over there or thought about it on the way over there. A couple little things that might work. So, you know, you're not supposed to. Who gives a shit what you're supposed to do or what not? You know, a lot of people think you shouldn't start with something that's untested shouldn't start with something you don't know what's going to happen but also there's that thing where if you start with something that's untested and you're saying in your head well I don't know if I should start with this because it's untested you're probably enhancing the likelihood it's not going to work if you start with something that's untested and like this shit's funny and I'm just going to say it and I'm going to commit to it can someone jump him off this guy really really looks like he could use someone's two hands to jump him off, you know, like, and just commit to it. Like, if they don't laugh, you give them, that's that swag when, if, where people feel like if they're not laughing, they're on the outside. 
and my gosh, does Nimesh have swag for days. For days. Anyway, so I started with that new thing, and it was great. I mean, it you know, great. It was the greatest joke ever written. It worked well. The crowd in the brewery laughed, and we're off to the races. And then I did what I wanted to do. Had a had a real nice time. Had a good, Joe Kelly was hosting it. The great Joe Kelly was hosting the brewery show. I had a real nice time, and then went home Friday night at a reasonable hour. Got some rest. Saturday we got back into the old routines. Post California. What did we do? We had coffee in the morning. Having a little water right now. Had a little vino right now. That's so hack, isn't it? Vino. I'm going to have some vino. I still drink beer. Don't worry. But no question, as you get older, as I've gotten older, I just lose the beer taste buds. I've lost the good old days where you could just drink a 12-pack of (laughs) Rolling Rock which is what we now refer to. My daughter refers to her poops that are small and compact as rolling rocks because my wife, that's what my wife called them. She started by calling them, oh, hey, you, you left me a little friendship rock. <laughs> that's how much my wife loves my daughter, and I do too. But my wife refers to her little small poops as friendship rocks. And now... Uh, she refers to them as rolling rocks. And so now the girls say, I have rolling rock. <laughs> and I'm like, what does the 33 stand for? <laughs> I don't know. There's a horse on there. It could be some lucky shit. It could be some lucky, uh, I don't know, mason sign, masonry, Freemason, gibberish. Because when I first had rolling rock, there was no internet. <laughs> so the 33 was... Before the internet, you just would not know stuff. You just would not... I don't know, what does the 33 on the Rolling Rock mean? I don't know. I'm I'm never going to know that. I'm going to die without that knowledge. <laughs> That's what it was like. Did I mention that previously? Where I remember being in my early 20s and was going through a big Bob Dylan phase and listened to... Uh, was listening to the Desire record quite a bit and one of the big songs on there is Hurricane, The Hurricane, Reuben Carter, which later on became the Denzel Washington movie, Reuben Carter, Patterson, New Jersey, Dylan's telling he's he's set up by the cops. I didn't see the movie, so I don't still really know what happened, but it was such an engrossing story by Bob Dylan about the press all went along for the ride and Nobody really saw what happened, but because Reuben Carter was black, the cops got him. And then I gather maybe later on he got out. But I remember <laughs> my buddy and I went to the public library on what would have been E Street in San Diego, the library right across the street from the main post office in San Diego, where you'd, you'd go into the library and you could see gentlemen washing their feet in the sink. That's that kind of public library. And we looked through the archives for, looked through the microfiche for Reuben Carter, and we, we really were fucking bored, is what we were. We should have been working harder, but we were trying to figure out the real story of Reuben Carter, because there was no Wikipedia, and there was no, <laughs> there was no Google. So we sort of were like at a loss, like, okay, Bob Dylan 
said it and here's how it must have happened and you know we found like news clippings of uh, of of the events in Patterson back whenever that was I don't know when it happened the 60s or the 70s 60s I would imagine but I don't know when Reuben Carter but it was just the point is there was a time where what about Bigfoot I don't know Bigfoot is uh I don't know big we're just gonna have to live with Bigfoot and that's you're not gonna know that it was like some dude's uncle who put on a fucking hat to scare kids and fuck that guy by the way because I was terrified of Bigfoot when I was a kid like a lot of people in my and John Mulaney's got a good bit about it like a lot of people of my generation I was also terrified of quicksand <laughs> but you, you, that was it like you couldn't you could learn a little bit more like there were things called encyclopedias I don't know if they still have those but they were just like fact books written by old codgers i presume who were telling you what they thought about the world that was very interesting anyway the point is when i first had a rolling rock i had no idea what the 33 was and yet that that was uh back then it was mysterious <laughs> god what a low sort of trajectory of interest i had at the time i'm gonna well i mean i'm gonna go see what bob dylan talking about civil rights and uh a black man framed by the cops and whoever else the mob maybe i'll go check that out so that's you know has something to it but also like what what is the deal with the 33 on the rolling rock it means something important and the girl just is like i have rolling rock <laughs> it's very cute well people your own kids are cute if it you know somebody else's kid with rolling rock you're like that's fucking disgusting the girl and I, we had so we had coffee Saturday morning, and then we went swimming. We went to swim practice at church pool. Not really swim, well, swimming lessons. Swimming in the water. And we had a great time. I also noticed, when I go to the lesson, there have been at times one other parent. So we were just a two-top in the pool with the teacher. And this Saturday, there was the most number of parents. There were the most number of parents I'd ever seen. There were like eight. And what's interesting is there's only one mom in the pool. Only one mom. All the other people doing swim lessons are dads. Why do you think that is? As you're sitting in your car, as you're sitting in your... In the sitting on the deck of your yacht or in your anybody listen to this while they're playing golf <laughs> that's how by the way i talk i make light of i make light i don't make light i make mention of gun violence in atlanta recently a man was shot on a fucking golf course green that's how that's atlanta oh and by the way the guy who shot him drove a truck onto the green and in the back of the yeah, that will slow down. I should slow down. Just get your head around that. A man drove a truck onto a golf course, onto a green. I don't know why that makes it worse. <laughs> but, well, because a green is a pristine place. Even I know that. The guy drove a golf course onto the green, and the golf pro went out to see what was up. Like, hey, dude, you know, uh, we're not open yet, or... 
you you really should be in a cart or you should have a caddy but you can't drive a fucking gmc pickup onto our green and for his trouble just curiously checking out what was going on at his workplace he was shot to death and then when the cops arrived at the scene lo and behold what did they find in the back of the truck two bodies that also had been shot to death and wrapped in like tape that's kind of atlanta that's also like i I was just going to just race through that a man a man drove onto a golf course i don't i mean i don't know what the fuck got into him because he certainly was not trying to be low profile if he drove a truck onto a golf course and then when the innocent guy dad father husband whoever just wanders up to see what's going on for his trouble he gets fatally shot and his family is ruined forever ruined forever someone lost a husband someone lost a dad because he like was sitting at his desk and was like huh that's weird a truck just crashed into the green i'm gonna go see what's going on hey man are you oh and then he's dead Dude, that is so fucked. That is so fucked. But that's what happened. And how did I get to that point? I don't know. But I said, it's so Atlanta. I really should stop and see how I just, I I just, I went too far over my skis there. Now I don't, I was talking about the pool. I was talking, well, and then I was talking about why do men yeah, that's what I was, I guess, I don't know. That's how I got there. The last thing I remember is I woke up and I was asking you, why do you think that it's the dads that are taking the kids to swim lessons and not the moms? There's only one, there's one mom. Maybe she's the best mom. Because <laughs> my wife at the time is drinking martinis and texting with her boyfriend. No, my wife uses the time to go running and clear her brain, and do whatever else. Why do you think that is, though, that overwhelmingly the parents with the kids in the water are men? I, I'm gonna, I, have an, I have an idea, but I, I'm letting you ponder it. Oh, I know. That's, that's how I got to it, because I said if you're on your yacht... Or you're listening to this while you play golf. And that led me to the thing about the just really tragic, tragic uh, killing of three people. But certainly the one guy who just wandered up there while he was doing his job. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I was trying to give you a little time to come up with an idea of why you think it's the men who take their kids. And I all I could think about... I shouldn't say all I could think about. All I've come up with thus far is that swimming is such a life or death situation that that it makes it easy for the male life or death, fight or flight, whatever it is, uh, makes our paternal genes fire or our paternal in paternal paternal 
paternal is how you say it. Paternal instincts kick in full force. Like, here's the life and like, it seems like dads also are the ones who primarily teach people, teach their kids how to drive, doesn't it? And smoke cigarettes. Um, that's all I could come up with is it's like that something about that you know literally life or death people drowning and need to know how to this is one of the truest survival moments is being able to take care of yourself in water so maybe that's where dad in the historical hunter gatherer kicks in that's all I have if 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 you have uh, alternate alternate ideas i'd be curious to hear what you think they are dad's also dad's also teach you how to drive right maybe that's what it is it's like our that's when our coat of arms comes on or really kicks in like i'll i'll be taking the girl down there you've done plenty here you've done the fucking big things you've you know as i've told you my wife has taken a safety pin and pierced her nipple to free up a duct to allow milk to flow into my daughter's mouth. And like I said, I'm just taking her out for a grilled cheese and people are like, you know what, dude, you're a great fucking dad. And you know what? I am. I'm I'm a great dad. So we did that on Saturday. We did, uh, we had a great time. The girl has had a personality, I don't want to say transformation, but she's really come out of her shell around strangers after the California trip, which, you know, you're around a bunch of loud broads running them out out there the whole time. Probably going to bring you out and get you to do that a little bit, which is great and cool to see. And she was super in, engaged and really connected with the, the swimming lessons, and it was fun. And then afterward, we did our usual. We went and we made up for all the, the two weeks that we were not at Farmer's Market and we spent, you know, an inefficient amount of money on dumb shit. And we didn't even buy $10 eggs. How bad is that? We, did, we saw the egg man, and we took the opportunity to let him know that he was the bad guy in that movie Chicken Run. Uh, and then anyway, that was Saturday. We took naps. And then Saturday night, I did the second show of the Tour de Breweries, the cider show and also people paid 20 bucks to get into that thing and i went and and what and the crowd sucked but that had nothing to do with the comics all the comics before me tried and they did material and they told good jokes the crowd was just maybe on the smaller side but they were definitely tight and uh, but I didn't bail. I still did stuff that I thought would, uh, you know, I did, I had a good time. I did the job. I gave them the money's worth. I did say to them pretty early on, you guys have been shitty all night. But that was in the spirit of, in, in comics notice, of just trying to say the obvious in the room to maybe break it open. Not necessarily for me, but for the rest of the show. And uh, it was a good time. It was a really fun time. And they turned out to be, they seemed to loosen up as it went on. But they were fucking tight before before I was, uh, I was there. And you know what? You know who had a really good set on that show? Who's on Limerick tonight? Evan Rollins. 
I believe you can find him on Twitter at E, <laughs> rolling on Molly. So go check out Evan and come to Limerick tonight. And thank you for listening. I'm going to put a bunch of details and I'm going to get back to as soon as I can recording these in the morning. But you know what? I felt like I had a good evening energy tonight. And I hope that you enjoyed the last 32 minutes of this. And I look forward to talking to you again soon.